What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name's Andrew. Of course, with us today is Pastor Robbie Gowdy and his wonderful wife, Candy. Pastor, today yes. we're talking about the twins and Matthew. Well, first, we missed you. <laughs> Let's talk the twins and Matthew. <laughs> the doublets. <laughs> there is a twin. I missed being here. You know, How you- was TJ? He was great. He was. I heard he had to start over once, which you guys won't see, but yeah. I heard in real life that happened. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to call him out for that. I didn't but call that him did out. Happen. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's no Andrew Bolton, but he did a good fill in. I thought yeah. he was a good fill in. Yeah. Good. yeah. Now, he's already texted me. He wanted to know if he could take your spot. No, he can't. Okay. I didn't yeah. tell him not possible. So. Not okay, possible. we're talking about the twins. We're not talking about the twin who is the disciple. Oh, okay. Who? What are we talking about? Uh, you, you know who the twin, the disciple is? Uh, no. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, good. <laughs> we're talking about Matthew's use of doublets. Okay. Doublets. Do you know what the word doublet means? Uh, well, I assumed it meant twin, which is why I started that way, but what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, two. So Matthew is going to insert... Two people, or not insert, Matthew's going to highlight two people where the other gospel writers don't, and we're going to see if we can figure out what Matthew is doing. Doing. Remember, uh, and, and just I, I got to keep framing this so people understand this. Matthew is writing, like every gospel writer, for a purpose. He's mm-hmm. trying to prove a purpose, right? Another thing to remember, too, and I was studying this morning just thinking about this, and it's just something we need to remember. Whenever you're studying the synoptic gospels, and we talked about this before. Synoptic mean, meaning similar or, or the same. You know what the synoptics are? There are three of them. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John's kind of written afterward and or after the, 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 the gospels, and it's different. So John's a whole different animal, mm-hmm. right? But the synoptics are, are similar. Some believe they use the same source, Q. We talked right. about this, which is why they're so similar. But whenever you're reading the gospels, I want you to read them like a running commentary together, which is why in our discipleship group, Andrew, Andrew you'll know, what I give out day one is a harmony of the gospels, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like a gospel parallel. So I just want to remind you, when you're reading the gospels, if you're reading Matthew and you notice that there's another uh, instance in the life of Jesus by Luke of the same encounter, you should read them together because Luke is going to highlight certain things, okay? And here, go ahead. Question. Okay. Okay. I don't want to throw you off or anything. This might not have any bearing, but Okay. okay. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke synoptic gospels. Yes. Okay. How does that factor in? Because Luke and Acts were one letter. Yeah. That eventually was like split into two. Yeah. Does that have any like... Well, the gospels just... Okay, so the so yes, Luke and Acts are one... In a sense, he wrote it as one long letter. They divided it into two. Why? Because the gospel of Luke is focusing on predominantly... When Jesus was yeah. on earth? The life of Jesus. So when you say gospel, the good news, here, here's a just, just semantically. The word gospel, we have, we have kind of morphed it into just the good news of Jesus Christ. But that's not what it meant back then. Did you know this? Ooh, I did not. What did it mean? Yeah, it didn't mean the good news of Jesus Christ. Hmm. The, the gospel, in a sense, the good news, could have been good news about anything. Mm. In fact, predating Jesus and John the Baptist, whenever a a king, whenever a a country would go in and conquer a a nation, Alexander the Great, a herald Uh would run back to the town before the army arrived Mm -hmm. to prepare the way by heralding or proclaiming 
good news right. that the king's coming back and we are victorious. Wow. That's good news. Yeah. And he would stand up and he would herald that to the world. So what, what's happening is God is using cultural ideas and issues and, and situations of the day, and he is putting Jesus in the message of Christ in that. So the good news or the gospel is just good news. Now, we know it as the good news of Jesus Christ, right. obviously, because it's the greatest news of all time. Good right. News, yeah. So to answer your question, okay, that's a good question, but let's just focus on the three Gospels, mm -hmm. which are the synoptic Gospels, which would be Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You're reading them as a running commentary, and the reason I'm saying that is today we're going to look at three instances where Matthew is going to use two people where the other Gospel writers only highlight one. And I'm going to see, if you're listening or, or watching on YouTube, uh, I want you to see if you can figure out what he's doing. Now, remember, Matthew is all about gematria. Gematria is the number of what? I thought it was just the use of numbers. Yeah, use of numbers. Gematria right. is the number, sorry. Use of numbers, right. Numbers have meaning. Yeah, you guys, that was a trick question. He's on it this morning. That's right. good. Did yeah. my quiet time. You did. You. <laughs> How about your prayer time? Yeah, oh, yeah. Now you have more time to pray because you're driving in a little further, huh? Uh, yes. You're loving that. Yes, yeah, love it. Okay, so uh, Gematria is the, 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 the idea that numbers have meaning, mm -hmm. okay? And we already know he's already used the number seven and 14. 14 is the number of the name David, David. Mm -hmm. D-V-D, six, four, six, 464, David, Aleph, Bait, Gimel, Dalit, four. Hey and Vav, six. Aleph, Bait, Gimel, Dalit, four. So four, six, four, for those who remember this. The number say, 14. Is that the Greek alphabet? No, that's the Hebrew alphabet per number. So Aleph is the number one. Okay. Bait is the number two. I was going to say, most people probably don't know that. Gimel is the number three. Dalit. Well, listen, if they have been Aleph, listening to all the podcast Gimel, episodes, if they're, then they know that. Hey and Vav and Zion, Yatin, Tatin, Yodin. Yeah, that's the uh, Hebrew alphabet. We, had, we learned it that way. What just happened? Yeah. No, I only remember it. <laughs> the way I remember you learn the Hebrew alphabet is, yeah, me and Rob Wilton, would my friend from this. seminary, yeah. would sing it to Yankee Doodle. Okay. Aleph, Baton, Gimel, Dalit. Hey, can't even remember it too. And I had to sing this over and over to get the Hebrew language. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Who, knew, who knew? Who knew? Okay. Now we know. Now we know. Okay. Turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 9. We're going to look at three accounts. Three accounts. Matthew chapter 9. You're following along? Okay, word. Okay. Um, Matthew chapter 9, and I want you to look at the account of the, of the blind men. Okay, the blind men. Matthew chapter 9, and I want you to read about the healing of the blind. Okay, okay. Uh, verse 27. And Jesus went on from there. Two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Okay, how many blind men? Two. Two blind men, okay. And then it says, when he entered the house, the blind man approached him, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do? Uh, what do you believe I can do? Do you believe Oh, you believe I can, I can do, do this? this, yes. And they said yes, and then he heals them. Yes. Okay, turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Now, Mark is a synoptic gospel writer who's going to conclude the same encounter, but from a different perspective. And some of you, I'm just going to prepare you, are going to be a little bothered by this because you've never seen this before, but don't be bothered. Mm -hmm. okay. Remember? We're not looking at it from a Western Greek American perspective. Right. Looking at it from a Hebraic perspective. Okay. Okay. This is the same encounter with with the same one of the same two guys, but Mark's going to look at it from a different perspective. So look at verse 46. Okay. They came to Jericho 
And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Okay, let's stop there. So Matthew includes how many? Two. Two. And Mark includes how many? One. One and two. Correct. So the question- And we have a name in Mark. Okay, Mark highlights a name, a specific one. Now here's the question. What is it? Is, is, does Jesus heal two men or does Jesus heal one man? Because, mm. because these same encounters- Right. Are talking about two different different types of people. One has two, one has one. Okay, hold on. Is that it thought. in Luke? It's not in Luke, so let's go. There is a Luke one, but it's coming up. Okay, let's go back to Matthew, Matthew chapter eight. And by the way, here's another thing that will throw you off. In Mark chapter 10, this is what we believe to be the final stop Jesus is making before he heads to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And Matthew, Matthew has this shortly after the Sermon on the Mount at the beginning of his ministry. So remember, we talked about this. The gospel writers have no problem telling stories out of chronological order to prove the point. Right. If you can get this, I mean, if you're listening, this just like opens the Bible up. Number one is you don't have to apologize for, for things of the Bible because right. a lot of the arguments we get into to debate the inerrancy of scripture, the infallibility of scripture, are moot points to the Bible. The Bible's not arguing those things. Mm -hmm. It's American Western educational, intellectual Christians who are basically fighting battles the Bible never engages in. Right. Okay, so once you get this, this is why we're spending a little time here. Okay, Matthew chapter eight, with Jesus encountering a demon-possessed man or men? That's the question. Mm. Okay. What verse are we at? Okay, Matthew okay, chapter eight. Verse 28. Verse 28, here we okay, go. Okay, we're ready? Let's go. When he had come to the other side, to the region of the Gerardines, two Demon-possessed men. How many? Two. Ooh, okay. Met him as they came out of the tombs. Okay. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Suddenly they shouted, what do you have to do with us, son of God? Have you come here to tor torment us before the time? Okay, so we know what happens here. Jesus is going to heal not one, but what? Two. two. Two of them. Okay, go to Mark chapter five. We're going to see the same account from a different perspective in Mark. Mark chapter five, mm -hmm. with the demon possessed. Is it men or man in, in, in Mark five? Look at it. You want me to read it? Read it. Okay, they came to the other side of the sea to the region of the Gerasenes. Same exact place, same exact place. As soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs. How many men? A man. A man. One man. Mm -hmm. In fact, Mark is going to build a whole chapter around this man. Right. Keep going. Mm -hmm. As soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs, and no one was able to restrain him anymore, not even with a chain, because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stone. Okay, that's a lot of information about one man. Right. Right. Whereas Matthew takes all of that information and puts it into Jesus crosses the other side and uh, and two men come out to him and he heals them. Right. <laughs> that is a big difference there, okay? That's like and, the difference in you telling a story and candy telling a story. That is exactly, <laughs> hey, that is a good point. That Very is a good, good point. point. Which is why I said earlier on, Mark gets a bad rap because he's, people think he's the shortest gospel. Right. He's not short, which he is the shortest, but he's not shortest in length of explanation right. of the encounters. 
he's shortest in the amount of encounters he okay. chose to put in, put in to his gospel. Mark is actually one of the most long-winded. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you want to know like an in-depth explanation, like we're seeing here of what happened, Mark's going to show it. And yeah. here we have two examples. Bartimaeus, blind beggar by the roadside. We know who he is. We know what he's mm -hmm. doing. We know his past because he's a beggar. We know we, his dad. We know his dad. To Mark puts it all in. Matthew doesn't need all the information. Right. Well, he his just, audience is different. His point is different. Yeah. He's writing it for a completely different reason. Yeah. yeah, you see you see where I'm going here. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so here we have this demon-possessed man. Now, we have even more information that's gonna come out. The demon-possessed man comes to Jesus, and Jesus is gonna cast him out. So let's just look at that for a moment. I'll give you a couple of insights, connections to the culture, and then we'll go to the third one. Where but, are we at? Okay, so go to verse six. Mark okay. chapter five, verse six. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and knelt down before him, and he cried out with a loud voice, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. No, just a sidebar here before we go on. I think it's interesting that when we read the gospels, you will notice as you progress through them that the first group of people to recognize Jesus's identity, mm. who are they? The first group of people to say, okay, forget Annas in the temple and Simeon and all that. Let's go to Jesus's public ministry begins from that point on. Who recognizes him first as the Messiah? Do you know who it is? Demon possessed. The demons. Mm -hmm. Wow, That's interesting. Yeah. Not the people, not the religious leaders, not the prophets, not the people waiting on, no, the demons. So the spiritual world knows exactly who Jesus is. In right. fact, James says, demons believe in Jesus. They don't yeah. have saving faith, right. but they know who Jesus is and they know what Jesus mm -hmm. is coming to do. Would did the demons be the same as fallen angels? Yes. That fell with Satan? Yeah. Okay. So the yeah so back in uh, in eternity past when mm -hmm. Lucifer was over worship service to God he tried to trump uh, and overthrow God and because of that God cast, cast him down to the earth uh, Ephesians says he's the prince of the power of the air meaning he has control although limited control given by God, God over yeah. the earth and one third of the angels fell with him um, down here and became demons. So the fallen wow. angels. Yeah. Imagine? Yeah. So there's a whole infrastructure of demons and demonology. And yeah. we see that in Ephesians chapter six, yeah, the powers and principality, yeah, right, spiritual yeah. forces of another of world. Unseen. Yeah. Yeah. Unseen realm. Okay. So, mm. so the demons recognize Jesus. And I think it's interesting. They come to him and say, Jesus, son of the most high God, they know exactly who he is. I beg you before God, don't torment. They know what he came to do and mm -hmm. they know the power he has. They know right. exactly who this man is and they're begging Jesus. What does Jesus do? For he told them, come, come out, out of the man, man unclean spirit. Okay, now what happens in verse nine? This is fascinating. What is your name? He asked him. Okay, now why does Jesus say, what is your name? Because. Well, keep reading. <laughs> My name is Legion. He answered him, because we are many. Mm. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the region. Mm. Okay. So he asked them, what is your name? Mm -hmm. And what do they say? Legion. 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 Now, the, the Pharisees in Jesus's day had a protocol for casting demons out. Right. To cast a demon out in Jesus's day, it was a threefold process, right? 
Do you remember this, Andrew? What was the process? It was threefold. Uh, I remember part of it. I remember part of it was you had to know its name. Yeah, well, let's back up first. Okay. First of, yeah, you're there. You know, no, you, re you reverse it. You reverse. Number one, you had to make contact verbally. Mm -hmm. Number one. Okay. So the person, because the demon consumed the person. I, I think I need to say this, and we don't have a lesson on demons today, but the good news for every born-again believer is that, because you're thinking, well, can I be possessed by a demon? Can I be filled with a demon? The good news is this. An unclean vessel cannot occupy the space that a clean vessel already inhabits. Meaning, if the moment you are sealed at salvation with the Holy Spirit and filled with the power and presence of God, right. you have no fear at this point on that a demonic spirit can fill a holy or a vessel that's filled with the Holy being right. or, or God, the Holy Amen, Spirit. Yeah. Okay, so that's good news today. Now, mm -hmm. can we be tormented by the enemy? Yes. Can we be attacked by the enemy? Yes. Can we yeah. be discouraged from the outside? Yes, but he can never come within. Can one be attached? I've heard somebody ask that. Attached? Yeah, like yeah, so not like, attached? I don't know. I don't, I'm just, I'm the messenger, okay? Okay. I'm not saying it's not, can a person it's, be attached? it's not like, um, not indwelled, not yeah, 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 consumed but they, by it, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard. I mean, some of, people take demonology to an extreme yeah. where you're anointing or every doorpost in your actually home. Demons. That's a sermon. That's a sermon somebody sent me yesterday or from somebody. Aliens, demons. <laughs> I don't know. Did somebody say, I'm not going to say his name because you know him. I know exactly. He it is. sent me a sermon oh, yeah. talking right. about how aliens yeah. are actually demons. Yeah. And the funny thing about this guy is every church. Every church has this guy. Oh yeah. This precious soul for whom Christ died. We yeah. love this guy. But anyway, okay. No, he's a good dude. Okay. So the, the, he says. You're, so the first thing is to establish contact verbally because the demon can control the voice of a person. Right. Yell out. And I believe in demon possession. You've seen it. You, you've mm -hmm. experienced it online. You can, you've seen The Exorcist before. I mean, you, you've seen, and that was just an account of something that happened. Is that a movie? Yeah, it's an account of something that happened, Freaky. a casting out a right. demon. Okay. So the, you establish contact. Number two, you ask the demon its name. This was, this was Pharisaical, uh, the handbook. Right. You ask the demon its name, and when you make contact, and by using the name, you cast the demon, you call the demon out. Now, this is important because Jesus is going to cast out a demon from a man who is deaf and mute mm -hmm. or dumb and mute. Wow. Yeah. Which okay. is a messianic miracle. Which, when we get to this, the messianic miracles of Jesus, and we may get into this right after the birth narrative as we set up. Robert, make a note of that. We probably need to talk about those three miracles right after we establish the birth narrative, which will take us a couple weeks. But you want to, uh, and you also want to make a note too, and just a mm -hmm. live note, Megan. We need to talk about the investigation stage and the observation stage of the Pharisees and Sadducees to see if Jesus was the Messiah. And by the way, those two things, if you hang around for nothing else in right. this entire podcast, mm -hmm. those are the two concepts that got me on this 21-year journey yeah. of understanding the Jewishness of Jesus. Wow. But you have to wait for that. But yeah, I'll give 21 you one, years and we'll be there. We'll be there, yeah. But right. I'll give you one hint. One of the Messianic miracles that the Jewish nation believed only the mm -hmm. Messiah could do was to cast out a person who was deaf and unable to speak. Why? Because they couldn't hear a command, nor could they speak their name or even right. communicate. So only God himself could, do wow. could call out the demon. And would you know, lo and behold, what does Jesus do? Exactly that. He does exactly that when he heals a man who is dumb, it says dumb and, and deaf, but or can't speak and deaf. Okay, so here we have Jesus cast out this demon, puts him in the pigs, which is interesting. The pigs were unclean. 
Right. The pigs actually go into the water, which is actually a double punishment because mm -hmm. the Jewish people hated the water. Did right. you know this? So they couldn't go get their pigs. They could, yeah, they lost the, the, the economic development right. mm -hmm. and the stock market of the decapolist went literally off the cliff that right. day with the pigs because that was the livelihood of the community. So these people are not happy at all. You would think, oh, this is awesome. Jesus cast out a demon. Yeah. It's gone. No, they are ready to, to lynch Jesus for what he's just done, okay? But the point I want to make with this, and I can go on and on about this, but the point I want to make about this is this. Jesus is going to cast out one demon from one man or a legion of demons from one man. Mm -hmm. In Matthew, he's casting out demons from two men. Same account, different explanation. We got one more, and I'll give you the answer of what I think's happening. Go with me to Matthew 21. And this is one of my favorites. I'm an animal lover. <laughs> that's why I, you got rid of all yours? That's why I got rid of mine. But uh, we kept Daisy to the end. <laughs> Daisy the donkey. You gave up your farm? I'm starting a farm. I could have taken your animals. You could have taken all my animals, yeah. Well, you know, animals were great with the boys. because you may have still them. have some. Boys love animals for about a year, yeah. year and a half. Okay. That's They're all, all out. Yeah, that's all you need. They come out, they feed the animals, they play with them, and then it all falls apart when somebody gets kicked uh, with a hind leg in the yeah. in, in the lower extremities. <laughs> and then And then all the fun's that over. That reminds me of a passage we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. We are not running <laughs> naked today. Once again, the Easter egg every week. Okay, moving on. No. Okay, the two donkeys. Yeah. Or one donkey. Matthew 21. Let's read it. What verse? Uh, we're going to read it in verse 1. We're going to start in verse oh, 1. Okay. Triumphal entry. Watch this. Okay. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, telling them, go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. Okay, so how many donkeys? Two. The mom and the colt. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Two, okay? Okay. So I want you to go now to uh, Luke chapter 19. So here's Luke. Let's see what Dr. Luke's going to say. Luke chapter 19. Okay. And we're going to read what Luke says about the triumphal entry. Same account, different perspective. Here we go. What verse? Uh, let's read. Oh, here we are, 28. Yeah, 28. Okay. When he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And he approached Bethage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of the disciples and said, go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. How many colts? A. A colt. A colt. Okay. A colt. Which no one has ever sat on before. Untie it and bring it singular. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say this, the, the Lord needs Okay, it. so here's the question. What is going on? Because for some of you who are listening, this is the first time, and for some at this table, this is the first time you're ever hearing any of this, right? Why are you pointing at me? Well, I was just pointing in this direction. Golly. This encompasses That is everything. common feedback I get, by the way. I, Andrew, I'm glad you're on the podcast because you don't know any of the answers you know, and it makes me feel not alone. No, but you That's do. what people say. No, we actually were listening to the thing. podcast driving. Uh, we went to breakfast last uh, Friday, as we do for uh, our date day. And we were driving. We went to Kentucky, believe it or not. There was supposed to be this really good breakfast. It was, by the oh, way, yeah? it was really good. Was it good? It's yeah. called Tim's Main Street Cafe. It was okay. really good. Go. So we were driving back, you know, 30 minutes. Not sponsored, but Tim's Main Street Cafe. But anyway, we're driving back and we listened to the podcast. And I looked, at, I leaned over to Candy and I said, you know what? Andrew has grown Let's go. in his theology and his understanding. And just, I was, I said, it's just amazing to see. I'm working on that honorary. I'm going to give you, an, at the end of this podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm giving out it, yeah. an honorary doctorate to you. 
Thank you. I will take it. And we're going to start calling you Dr. Bolton. I will take it. I will okay. wear a white coat and everything. Okay. No, we don't need that, that doctor. Okay. Oh. Anyway, so why does Matthew include two and Mark and Luke only include one? Okay. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Here's the answer. You because ready for Luke that? is normally very detailed. Luke is normally, yeah, that's a good point. But he's giving an orderly account to a Greek audience. Is that right? To a Greek audience. So there's just a different purpose. Yes. It's got to be a different purpose. It's a different purpose. You want to let me give you quickly because we're running out of time. Number one is this. I think what's happening here is this. Matthew is writing to a what audience? Jewish. Jewish. Jewish audience. And the Jewish law, the Torah says that in order to establish truth, mm-hmm. this is how the Jewish law, you're going to love go. You're going to love this. Yep. This is how the Jewish law works. They said, if you bring candy yep. into court and say candy's done wrong, this is how the Jewish law works. Sanhedrin, all the law would say, bring us another witness. Well, I don't have right. one. Well, even if you said she killed my donkey, yeah, they would throw it out. Because but there was no throw, witness? There was no witness. That's how the law worked. Right. Because you, it was one against the other, right? But in if you had two to three witnesses, that's how they created laws and punishment right. and judgment. <laughs> so this credibility, one, that's how they cre- yeah. that if it's credibility. credibility or not. That's the word, credibility. So you had to establish a truth mm-hmm. with, a, with a credible, not one witness, with credible witnesses. Right. Okay. Isn't it interesting? I think this is one of the two reasons Matthew's doing this. Matthew, I think, is establishing the truthfulness and the, and the validation of Jesus's ministry and miracles with two witnesses. So you have Jesus healing two. Right. Interesting, right? So again, he just knows his audience. Knows the culture. It's not that he was changing the story. He wasn't changing what was happening. He just knew who he was writing to. Yeah, it's like you and I, here's how it works. If you and I go into, like from this past Sunday, we saw God move in an amazing way. We saw many people baptized and God's favor was upon the service. If someone stopped me in the hallway and said, tell me about what happened. Right. I'm going to highlight certain baptisms. I'm right. going to say certain things in the sermon, okay? I'm going to say 10 people came to the baptistry. Now, you may say, if somebody asks you about the same encounter, right. eight people came to the baptistry. Well, eight people did come to the baptistry, but 10 also came as well. But from right. your perspective, mm-hmm. you're going to highlight, or you would say seven because you're a good right. Jewish boy, right? So seven right. people, seven. right? <laughs> which, which you would be right. But I think it's bigger than that, Okay. Think about Matthew in and of himself. We talked about this. Matthew is the mamzer. Matthew is the man who, who never got over being called by God. In a mm-hmm. sense, he never got over his salvation in right, Christ. Yeah. Think about this. He was the least of these. He was the guy at first when everybody, I love the chosen, they captured. Oh, when yeah. all the disciples who were righteous and following God and raised and reared in the Torah were together, Matthew was sitting by himself. Matthew, in a sense, was the one who was looked over. And yet, Matthew was called by Jesus. Mm. Okay, watch this. I think Matthew highlights two in three miracles. Two guys, two blind men, two demon-possessed, two donks. I think what he's doing is Matthew allows us to put ourselves in the story. Mm. Okay. Watch this. Yes, it was Bartimaeus, the blind man who was healed. Yeah. But for Matthew, it's also us. Because we were blind. So was there a second blind man? No, there always was a second blind okay. man. Oh, yeah. Jesus healed many, many people. Right. Yeah, there were two cults, well, of course. I was going to say, normally they would kind of hang out together, right? In yeah, certain they were areas. All, yeah, the, all the lame would be together. Yeah. All the blind right. would be. The demon possessed. There's no one guy. I mean, there's a bunch yeah. of probably, they would rele- you know, uh, yeah. relegate them to the, to the caves. 
But I think Matthew's highlighting this so that the reader can insert his self or herself in the story and really resonate with the text. Yes, I'm the blind man. I wasn't physically blind. But I was spiritually blind. But boy, if you're listening, I was, I was spiritually blind and now I see. I, I wasn't filled with a demon. But boy, I was cast out from sin and separation in my life. And Christ came to me mm-hmm. and set me free from the shackles. Mm-hmm. I didn't ride into town. I mean, Jesus obviously rode in the town. Though, but there's another donkey that I rode, the mm-hmm. little donkey, the wow. colt that I'm riding alongside him. Yeah. And it's his righteousness and it's his entry. Mm-hmm. Not because of what I'm doing, I'm alongside with. I, I don't know if that's what's happening, but I have a suspicion that Matthew is the one naming these unnamed or unnamed accomplice, if you are unnamed person who's the recipient right. of a miracle, so that we can say, you know what, that's us. Wow. And it shows us we should never get over mm. what Jesus has done for us. Mm. That's a good reminder. Very good. Man, well, Pastor, thank you for that. And uh, if you're listening to this today, hopefully you are as encouraged as I am right now uh, not to get over the joy of my salvation mm. and yeah. that everything Jesus did in the scripture was for me, with me in mind and with you in mind as well. Well, hey, we're so glad you joined us in this episode. If it has been helpful, share it with a friend. We love reaching and meeting new people, hearing stories. Connect with us on Instagram. That's a great place to give us feedback, to ask questions. We'll do bonus episodes along the way with questions that you guys have asked. And if you have not subscribed yet, be sure to do that on YouTube. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode.